Good morning. This is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. Well, hello there. It is 8.57 a.m. Central Daylight Time. It is the 2nd of August, 2019. And this is episode 121 of Bitcoin and so let's get right into let's get right into some stuff here um it appears that Roger Ver has stepped down as CEO of bitcoin.com uh a gentleman by the name of Stefan Rust has been appointed the new CEO and Roger is going to apparently stay on as executive chairman Okay, the executive chairman, you know, I, I, I kept rolling that around in my head because I, I don't really hear that term very, very often. And so I'm, I'm looking around to figure out what exactly is an executive chairman. And I came up with, you know, a pretty good, pretty good uh, one line definition or a couple of line definition. And in that uh, definition, I pulled out this one uh this one particular sentence that struck me as probably is probably going to be problematic. Typically one of the main responsibilities of an executive chairman is actively coaching and guiding the CEO. Okay. So Rogers, like, I don't know what in his early to mid thirties or something like that. Stefan is much, much older and has been in business for a long time. In fact, taking a look at the guy's LinkedIn, um, yeah, and I know, I know, it's like, can you really believe LinkedIn? Eh, there's no, there's, it's it's hard to judge that. But if the following is true, I I, I don't think this is going to go well for Roger. Uh, back in God, let's go back to June 1995. He was a manager at Siemens of new business development. He was a founder of GM mobile operations. He's been the director of business development in the Asia Pacific region for Lucent technologies. He was managing director uh, for uh, managing director of the wireless unit at speed ventures. Then he went to sun microsystems and stayed there for seven years where he became the director of corporate development and alliances He was then head of strategy for the TMT industry vertical and then head of web 2.0 industry vertical. After that, he founded the catalyst group, uh, investing in digital businesses more than just money is the tagline in Hong Kong. Then he, uh, was a founder and CEO of (coughs) Exacon. And then he was an advisor to nodal, which I'm not happy about. He was an advisor to X, Exchange. He was an investor in Sentient Technologies. Then he went over to Energy Box, where he was there for two years and four months. 
Uh, he was the CIO over there. He was SVP for the uh, software and marketing people. And then he was CXO. He was also the founder of SolidBlock.vc. And then seven months ago, he joined Bitcoin.com. Okay. Okay. So anyway, uh, so Roger is going to guide this veteran with probably 20 years more experience in business than him. What could possibly go wrong? Well, now that was interesting. I had paused and I just unlifted the pause button on recording. And during that time, I discovered that our coffee grinder went kaput. So then I had to jump in the car, go down to the store, go get ground coffee. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. There's just, oh, there's, there's no way in hell that I'm going to survive the day until I get some more damn coffee. All right. So where were we? Oh yeah. The, uh, Mr. Rust issue. Um, it has been conjectured that the reason this is occurring is that Roger desperately wants to get back and, uh, go back to Bitcoin to pivot back to actual Bitcoin and abandon the bullshit that is, uh, BCH or, um, uh, Bcash, 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 Bcash. Uh, and that would, I mean, this would be the way to do it is to step down as CEO and let somebody else uh, sort of take the fall for pivoting back to Bitcoin. It is purely conjecture. So if you, if you see this or, or, you know, don't, don't take me the wrong way. And if you see it online, somebody else talking about it, you know, uh, you'd have to actually watch it happen before, you know, we, say that that's what was occurring. But I got to say, it does make an awful lot of sense. It really, it, it really does. Okay. Moving on. Uh, fart face tipped me a hundred thousand Satoshis in my tipping me account. That was just absolutely, that was absolutely the coolest thing that happened. Uh, I think it happened yesterday and I'm the like, just, I saw that, you know, in the morning I looked at my tip of me and there was like 10 bucks. And now it's like, what is it now? It's now $11 and 25 cents because of the price gain. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, uh, at fart face 2000. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That was a very, very, that was a, a killer way to wake up. And then, um, I, I, the, the problem, the problem wasn't a problem. The issue at the very beginning of that is that I wasn't sure who tipped me because I got the note on my tip of me page. It says at fartface 200 and then at bitpiggies.com. Well, a little bit of confusion ensued. So that's when I tweeted out somebody, I tweeted out somebody tipped me, uh, you know, a hundred thousand Satoshis and, uh, fartface a couple hours later said, Oh, well, that was me. I left you a message. You know, but I was confused because it had Bitpiggies on there. So come to find out that at Fartface 2000 is the guy behind Bitpiggies, which is you can find their Twitter account that or that Twitter account at Bitpiggies, B-I-T-P-I-G-G-Y-S. And um, I had thought that I had shilled Bitpiggies on the show before, but that's not what it was. I had shilled a few months back uh Oh, well, uh, Pigsby, uh, but I hadn't actually heard anything out of Pigsby in, in quite a while, but I have been seeing a lot of stuff out of Bitpiggies. So 
I'm going to shill at Fart Face 2000's Bit Piggies. Okay, so what is Bit Piggies? Well, let's get into this. Um, Bit Piggies, and you can find this at bitpiggies.com. Again, B I T P I G G Y S dot com. Uh, let's get into, let's see, oh, I, I had had the frequently asked questions up. Okay. <clears throat> How is the bit piggy intended to be used? Okay. This is from their FAQ. The bit piggy is intended to teach children to save for future goals. A child may choose to take a portion of their allowance in Bitcoin rather than traditional currency. Parents, family, and friends can easily make deposits by scanning the QR code with their Bitcoin wallet. We recommend consolidating your deposits to avoid unnecessary transaction fees. We recommend having a parent or guardian load the public key onto a watch-only wallet so that the child can watch their Satoshis grow. Okay. Now, what is the first thing I should do when I receive my BitPiggy? The first thing you should do when you receive your BitPiggy is verify the public key that has been exposed on the open dime matches the QR code on your BitPiggy. Use your favorite Bitcoin mobile wallet to scan the QR code and make sure the actual address matches. Once you have confirmed that the address matches, feel free to make your first deposit. What's the second thing I should do when I receive my BitPiggy? We recommend that a parent or guardian expose the private key on the open dime, use an offline computer, make a physical copy, and save it in a safe place, fireproof, safe, or box. You may also save the open dime as a redundant copy, but make sure to store it in a safe place because anyone is able to gain access to the funds through the physical copy or open dime. All right, so... The pig, as far as I can tell, comes with a QR code that matches uh, an open dime address. And you keep the open dime, like they said, in, in a safe or, you know, somewhere. Somewhere safe, somewhere out of the way, somewhere that can't be stolen because it is, you know, the open dime is physical. And then the, the pig itself just kind of sits around and has a, a QR code on it. And every time that you want to make a deposit or the kid asks you, you know, your kid asks you, I want half of my stuff in Bitcoin, then you just scan that QR code and it drops it into, you know, into the open dime. And I was thinking, well, then why the pig? Well, you need a, you need a visual representation kind of thing for the, for the children, you know, the children needs to act. I don't think it'd be, I don't think it would be very easy to describe exactly what's going on with with bitcoin and the technology behind it and wallet addresses and all that so i think it's a good idea to have a physical pig you know that is a piggy bank and near as i can tell it you may be able to put uh money into it because it looks like it has an open slot in the uh, top back but i think this is great to get kids into uh being able to save money and i like the 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 watch only wallet issue um, where you can, you know, you can find them. They're, they're around. Um, but that way you can always, you know, that way the kid can always go and look at the, you know, what's actually in their piggy bank, um, and not be able to spend it and not be able to, you know, jack around and screw it all up. So, uh, again, shout out to bit piggies, go check them out at bitpiggies.com. And again, Fartface 2000, dude, thank you, bro. Thank you. That was awesome. Um, do do okay. Uh, yesterday was UASF day, and uh, when that happened, I was actually in the mountains in Colorado, and that was two years ago. 
that was a that was an interesting time because the only the only source of information I was getting was literally through Twitter uh, because that, I mean uh, their cell phone reception up there but we don't have any good real internet access so the you know I didn't wasn't able to get on a laptop and really dig into it so I was getting bits and pieces of what was going on as it was going on and and be assured I was glued for that day. I was glued to my, to my cell phone, much to the chagrin of my wife and kids, but it was just, it was badass. So if for whatever reason you forgot August 1st, 2017 was when all the shit hit the fan and the split occurred. And now we've got the possibility again, pure conjecture, the possibility that two years on Roger Ver may be realizing that, he made a very grave, grave mistake. Okay. Also in community news, Tri Lolly has announced their partnership with Udemy, the leading online education marketplace. Earn while you learn about Bitcoin and thousands of other topics. So let's read the announcement. Um, today, and this was actually July 31st, <clears throat> Today, Lolly is excited to announce a partnership with Udemy.com, the leading, leading online learning marketplace. As of July 31st, 2019, Lolly users can receive up to 18% back. Again, that number is 18% back on all online education courses at Udemy on Bitcoin and thousands of other topics. To earn free Bitcoin, Lolly users just have to search for Udemy on Lolly.com and press shop to activate earnings on Udemy.com when purchasing a course. Udemy uses content from top online content creators to sell premium educational courses to the public. Udemy also provides tools which enable users to create courses, promote it, and earn money. Udemy is aligned with our mission of democratizing information through commerce, and we have been a big advocate for Udemy even before our partnership. We constantly send our users who are new to Bitcoin to their site to learn more about the fundamentals of Bitcoin. They have thousands of affordable Bitcoin-related courses from top educators. So, Lolly, freaking burning down the tracks, man. Okay. And also, if I remember correctly, there's a quite a bit of free content on Udemy. Um, I used to, I, I've been a Udemy user myself for, you know, several years. Um, and unless something has changed, they do still have quite a few free courses. Now, you're clearly, you're not going to earn Bitcoin taking free courses. But just be aware that there's uh, Udemy is there. Uh, they do offer some free courses, and some of them have been very good in the past. And now they're partnered with Lolly. So the business development arm of Lolly just apparently won't ever quit. Thank God. All right. SG Barber at SG Barber on tr- Twitter. He is the guy behind uh, the Omni Mini. And that was, I, I kind of put that in a show the other day. When I was talking about upstreamdata.ca, and uh, let's let's get into this tweet storm because he's on a bit of a rant here, and quite frankly, uh, you know he's he's kind of got it right. So he, he starting out, he says, and this was on July the thirty first. There are oil and gas producers who literally run load banks to waste their stranded gas. This is how sick the oil and gas industry has become. Time for a cure. Okay, uh, before I continue on uh, explanation of a load bank, it basically it's a way to just burn it. I, I, in a, in electric terms, load banks are basically produce a current, 
and just wasted as heat. Uh, how it gets that current, I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't want to transmit the uh, uh, the electricity from natural gas. You know, if you if you're going to go if it if it is what I think it is. There, there's a, a corollary here. Tom Scholes, the guitar player from, and the founder of the group Boston in the 70s, he built a lot of items. And one of the things that he built was called a um, the Tom Scholes... Um, God, what the... Hold on, hold on. Uh, okay, I got it. The, it was called the Tom Scholes Power Soak. And what it was was it was either one or two massive uh, uh, capacitors. And I mean, when I mean massive, I'm literally meaning a tube about as long and as big around as my forearm. And its entire, its entire um, uh, reason for being was to dissipate heat from a tube amplifier or from a guitar amplifier or something like a bass amplifier. Um, so what you would do is you would plug your guitar into the amplifier, you turn the amplifier on, or you you take the the speaker the uh, if you got a like a like an amplifier, it's got a speaker and a head, and the head is is the amplification part. So the amplifier sends all the electricity that's going to be blasting your eardrums to the speaker, but you interrupt that and you send that 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 electricity into the power soak, and then out of the power soak, that's what goes into your speaker. Now the whole reason this this even is a thing is because like I got a Mesa Boogie Mark III. I can barely get the master volume on that past one without shaking and rattling glass in my house. I'm, I'm serious. It's a 60 watt head and that thing will move like mountains, right? So the only way that I can get the, the amplifier to actually get up to a, a good tone is to turn it up and I don't know, wear earplugs or something like that, or use a power soak. That way I can dissipate much of that energy that's going to go and drive the speaker into just waste heat. And I get a really, I can get a really good tone and not kill my ears or break glass. Okay. So the same thing applies here. The load bank is somehow or another in this particular case that Steve's talking about is intercepting the natural gas and somehow or another, just dumping it. And exactly how, I don't know, I guess it's that they don't want to hook up the electrical cables they don't want to run electric lines to the to the uh, pad, so they're just basically burning it and wasting heat. And I don't understand what the why they're not just flaring it, but be that as it may, that's the the whole thing behind a load bank. Steve continues: there are literally service companies that are pitching their inefficient burner systems to oil producers. Yes, people are competing to see who can waste the most natural gas at the lowest cost. This is how sick the oil and gas industry has become. Gas is worthless due to fracking, or sorry, gas is worthless due to fracking oversupply. Wall Street and other financiers have pumped billions chasing the drill bit. They saw few fracking projects that actually ROI'd. Meanwhile, most of the gas produced chasing these pipe dreams have been wasted for good. Yeah, oh yeah, not wasted for good, as in forever. Natural gas provides much of the drive and liveliness of the oil of the oil in the reservoir, if you bleed off the gas, the oil becomes much more difficult to extract. Regardless, here we are torching our future, releasing our potential into the wind. And he's hashtagging each one of these with hashtag fiat disease. Last one is, then you have the righteous regulators perpetually ignorant in positions of non-accountability, compelling producers to spend on emission reduction with no account whatsoever to the emissions created from 
that spending. Okay, so Steve is he's definitely. I mean, he's he's shilling his he's shilling his stuff, but he's doing it in the right way. Um, you know, if we are going going to just flare this stuff off, it, it, you might as well do something with it. And the systems that that upstream is uh, is putting out. I really have high hopes that that company ends up also being a top five Bitcoin company uh, because this has been going on for years, guys. I'm, I grew up in the oil patch and I have seen flare fields like, and it just looks like hell on earth. It's a little different now. Back in the day, they used to lay the, a whole bunch of pipes on the ground with holes in it and then flare it. So it just literally looked like a field of fire. It was extraordinary to watch, but dude, that's been, this has been going on since the seventies and sixties and, you know, stuff like that. So, um, so there's your, your rant from Steve and remember that's upstream digital. So keep a, keep an eye on those guys. Uh, everybody's also keeping a guy on these guys, the samurai wallet. We are happy to announce the release of samurai dojo version 1.1 highlights, new upgrade mechanism, power dojo with an external Bitcoin full node, Use your Dojo full node to power external apps, and then they give their uh, GitHub stuff. <coughs> so Samurai also is uh, like Lolly is just full steam ahead, man. There's there every time I, every day that I wake up, something new is coming over my Twitter feed. Oh, uh, let's see, yo Truth Raider HQ. Uh, tweets out tested and joined the lightning club on my Apple watch transfers are so easy Raider approved. Um, and he's got a few pitch. He's got a, a few screenshots of him doing a lightning transaction on the face of his Apple watch. It's just, again, everything's cruising, 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 including, uh, the announcement. It was the, I think it was yesterday from hive they sent me an email that said, the wait is over. We have just granted you access to the analytics tools. Analytics is made up out of two components. You can check your scores and ranks over time. Oh, sorry. One is the dashboard. You can check your scores and ranks over time, your followers in crypto, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and others, as well as people who recently followed you and unfollowed you. Two, an email digest. You will receive an email from us that sums up the changes to your scores and list your most influential followers in the past week. By default, you will see this update in the crypto cluster once per week, but you can change this BTC, ETH, or XRP, or change the frequency using your email settings. So I went to it. Um, I actually posted a uh, at earlier today. I posted my you know what I was getting on analytics. And it's, you know, it visually gives you a breakdown of where your, you know, your, your rank and, and like they said, who's following you. And it's, it's really well done. Uh, Hive One's been getting a little bit of pushback lately and I, I kind of can't understand it, but you know, I'm, I'm, it, it's just, it was odd to see because Hive One is also one of my very favorite, uh, one of my very favorite companies. All right. That's going to do it for the community announcements. And now we're going to do the morning roundup. Right, here we are at the morning roundup. Uh, Coindesk, and this is who's writing for Coindesk on this one. This is going to be William Foxley writing yesterday. Crypto exchange launches shitcoin futures index, offering new way to short alts. 
Uh, crypto derivatives platform FTX has perhaps the most speculative and oddly named futures index fund on the market. Shit hyphen perp or the shitcoin index perpetual futures, an index of 58 low market cap coins, shit perp. <laughs> I love it. Includes projects like waves, grin and nano. It is flanked by two other low cap indices on the site, mid perp and alt perp. Following an incubation program under Alameda, Alameda Research, the derivatives platform opened this past spring. FTX runs an over-the-counter desk, futures index, and now spot trading. Based out of the Antigua Bar- Barbuda, the plat- sorry, based out of Antigua and Barbuda, the platform is slowly adding spot and margin trading. FTX's connection to Alameda Research gives it deep liquidity per FTX statements. Founded in October 2017, Alameda manages over $100 million in digital assets, trading between $600 million and $1.5 billion per day. The quantitative trading firm operates the second best performing account on BitMEX and helped onboard staff from Jane Street, Optiver, Susquehanna, Facebook, and Google to FTX, according to FTX. Regarding, regardless of the index's name, FTX stands by its product, which it launched in June. Speaking to Coindesk, FTX Chief Marketing Officer Darren Wong said the index allows traders and investors to interact with coins in an innovative way. Wong listed three examples. One, if you want, it, if you want exposure to a particular initial coin offering, but not the general industry, you can short shit-perp or shit perp, <clears throat> by shorting the, gr- the greater alt market, you hedge your bets and limit your downside. Two, if you want to short low market cap altcoins in general, you can use shit perp. The indexed future is one of few ways to short low cap alt markets. Three, if you think Bitcoin's dominance is too high, you can buy all three of the FTX's altcoin future indices and sell BTC perp, the, platform, uh, the platform's Bitcoin futures index. Surprisingly, Wong says the exchange trades are roughly on par with its other futures index alt perp at roughly a few million dollars turnover. At the time of writing, the index was down 2.62%. So being able to short short the shit out of shit coins, I love it. I that, That's a nice little product right there. Okay, Zuko Wilcox pushes for new developer fund to support Zcash. This has been on the wind for a while, but Daniel Palmer, writing as of today, kind of uh, seems to clarify this for Coindesk. Zuko Wilcox, CEO of Electric Coin Company, the firm behind the privacy-focused cryptocurrency Zcash, has made an appeal for the creation of a new dev fund to support the future operations of the privacy-focused cryptocurrency. The move comes after much debate, over the continuation of the project's controversial Founders Reward, which took center stage at ZCon 1 and even drove a portion of the Zcash community to fork off into a new network, Ycash. In a lengthy open letter on Medium, Wednesday, Wilcox said, quote, <coughs> I hope that the community will decide to renew the dev fund structure, allocating coins from future block rewards for core support functions such as software development, user support, business development, regulatory and government outreach, security auditor, auditing and monitoring, educational and marketing initiatives, new protocol development, and so forth. He further aired the hope that the Zcash community would seek to hire the ECC to carry out those tasks. That's the transparency here is frightening. Having never taken the ICO path of fundraising, Zcash was originally bootstrapped by a group of investors to the tune of $3 million. The project was also set up so that over the first four years, 
10% of the total 21 million token supply of Zcash would go to the founders and the remainder remainder to the miners on the network. The investors were also assigned a small slice of ECC's equity, Wilcox said. The original dev fund, according to the post, arose when Wilcox and ECC co-founder and CTO Nathan Wilcox got ECC to buy back some of the founders' rewards to be used for funding ongoing operations. Wilcox and other founders also set aside some of their rewards to set up the Zcash Foundation. We decided to do this because we thought that having an independent entity from the electric coin company would be an important part of the Zcash community's decentralization and stability in the long run, Wilcox wrote. Now, with Zcash set to end the founder's reward on, in October 2020, a new means of funding development is required, according to the ECC CEO. Wilcox said, quote, I opted for the initial dev fund to sunset itself so that in the future, if Zcash were a success and a community were to grow up to support it, that community would have to collectively decide what to do next. The options ahead, he said, include allocating all new Zeke, or, uh, uh, Zek, ZEC, the, the token, issued to the network's miners, creating a new dev fund with a percentage of new coins issued or, quote, other alternatives. Wilcox is pushing hard for a dev fund to, fe- to fund from a slice of the issuance, however. Quote, this decision isn't about the electric coin company. If all of the employees of the ECC were to board the same airplane tomorrow and go to an off-site meeting and that plane were to crash with no survivors, Jeez, Zook. The Zcash community would still be facing the exact same choice. Shall we use some of the tens of millions of dollars that we're spending on issuance every month to fund core support functions like protocol development, software development, blah, 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 blah. Or shall we send 100% 100 of that money to the miners? End quote. Finally, Wilcox called for community members to make their voices heard either on public forums or by emailing Zcash. The Zcash Foundation is expected to publish a procedure for making a community decision soon. According to Wilcox, while ECC will publish a blog post setting out how it will assess proposals in the next few days. Okay, so no, just no. I'm I'm not even going to say a damn thing else about that because we all know this is all bullshit. Okay, speaking of bullshit, Cointelegraph and uh, Marie Juliet is writing that Walmart is trying to patent its own Libra-like digital currency. Yes, that's right, folks. You thought shit coinery was bad over the last few years. That was with just a bunch of idiots trying to get rich. Now we've got corporations that are going to start doing this. So I don't think there's any close, you know, any surefire end to shit coinery uh, over the next few years. So hold on brothers and sisters, a new patent filing suggests that United States retail giant Walmart may be developing its own U S dollar backed digital currency, similar to Facebook's Libra cryptocurrency patent filing number and a bunch of numbers. System and Methods for Using Digital Currency via Blockchain was published by the United States Patent and Trademark Office on August the 1st. The document outlines a method for, quote, generating one digital currency unit by tying the one digital currency unit to a regular currency, 
stablecoin. Storing information of the one digital currency unit into a block of a blockchain, buying or paying the one digital currency unit, end quote. Walmart continues to outline that the proposed digital currency project can provide a zero or low fee place for users to store wealth. One of the, uh, one that can easily be redeemed and converted to store cash at selected retailers or partners. Such accounts could even be interest bearing the filing ads. The digital currency could alternative alternatively be developed so that it can be spent anywhere. The filing states with prospective USD backing, ensuring greater use of deposits and withdrawals. It could in another scenario be tied to other digital currency rather than fiat ones. Early on in the filing, Walmart proposes that the launch of its digital currency could provide low income households for whom banking is costly with an alternative way to handle wealth in an institution that can supply the majority of their day-to-day financial and product needs. Now, I'm reading that one again. An alternative way to handle wealth in an institution that can supply the majority of their day-to-day financial and product needs. That should scare the piss out of everybody twice. The blockchain projected digital currency or... uh, Sorry, the blockchain-protected digital currency, as Walmart dubs it, could further challenge incumbent banks by removing the need for credit and debit cards. Quote, the digital currency may act as a pre-approved biometric credit. A person is the credit card to their own digital value bank. This should scare the piss out of you a third time. And a fourth, because I'm going to read that again. The digital currency may act as a pre-approved biometric credit. Biometric credit. A person is the credit card to their own digital value bank. What they're talking about is freaking facial recognition and thumbprinting and any other way that they can just look at you and go, you have $1,000 in your account. Yes, sir, you can have that loaf of bread. Man, I just want to sell caves to Bitcoiners in the forest because I I think... that. Uh, a, a lot of people are going to just allow this shit to happen to them. And then there's going to be another segment of people that don't. And I don't know what kind of friction that's going to create, but it's probably not going to be good. Continuing on, the retailer further imagines that the scope of its digital currency could extend to form part of a wider of wider blockchain-powered service ecosystem, <clears throat> envisioning the creation of an open platform value exchange for purchases and for crowdsource work. This would allow customers to buy products or services for themselves and for others using the platform to hire a technician for repairs, an associate or a designated shopper for a given amount of time. While it currently faces a robust regulatory pushback, Facebook's Libra stablecoin project has a similar ambition to provide low-cost borderless value transfer and build out a digital currency-powered network. For Walmart, its blockchain-related projects have to date focused on using the technology in areas such as supply chain management, customer marketplaces, and smart appliances, and that's going to do it for that. But there's nothing in that thing that... uh, Having this technology in the hands of people like Facebook and, and Walmart assures two things. It's going to get scary, and I think... It'll eventually fail because I get the feeling that the technology itself is, if in its truest form, is not compatible with this kind of bullshit. Yet somehow or another, on a, on a on a higher level, on a more fractal level, it just seems that 
I don't know, I got a gut feeling that stuff like this, if you're going to use the technology that backs something like Bitcoin and you're going to do it in a way, in some of these ways, I don't know. I don't know. I could, I, I'm probably completely wrong, but whatever. Uh, Germany's whole yield curve dives below 0% for the first time. John Anger is writing for Bloomberg. That's today. German 30-year bonds rallied to send yields across the whole of its debt market below 0% for the first time after President Donald Trump ratcheted up the U.S. trade war with China. The euro area's biggest economy joined Denmark and Switzerland in the region in offering negative returns to investors should the notes be held to maturity. Taking the local stock of investment grade debt yielding less than 0% to $14 trillion globally. The move will add, add to fears that the region's economic slowdown is being driven by more structural factors akin to Japan's lost decade. Germany's bond market is widely perceived as being one of the world's safest. With investors lured in by the liquidity and credit quality offered, funds still looking to extract a positive return from European sovereign assets have been forced further out the yield curve or into, or into riskier debt markets such as Italy. Quote, it undermines the hunt for yield or rather hunt to avoid negative yield is accelerating day by day, said Arne Lohmann Rasmussen, head of fixed income research for Danske Bank AS. Quote, it just makes things more complicated. Yield on 30-year buns fell almost 10 basis points to negative 0.002%. Those on 10-year securities dropped five basis points to 0.5 minus 0.5. Negative half a percent, guys. Also a record low and below the European Central Bank's zero or negative 0.4% deposit rate. Trump's intention to impose more tariffs on Chinese goods fueled a haven bid. Uh, for bonds with yields dropping globally, the Federal Reserve cut interest rates Wednesday, but Chair Jerome Powell said it wouldn't be part of a more prolonged easing cycle. The ECB, meanwhile, looks set to introduce a new package of stimulus measures at its September meeting. Germany's bond, mar bond market is also being increasingly plagued by a problem of scarcity. Sorry, guys, I, I need more coffee. With the government mandated by law to effectively maintain a budget surplus, the ECB holds nearly a third of the existing debt, leaving less to trade, which has helped to compress yields even further. Quote, it is a combination of a very uncertain economic outlet, a central bank that left all doors open in terms of new easing measures, the absence of inflation, and vigorous Search for yield, said Jan von Gerch, chief strategist at Nordia Bank AB. Quote, it was almost bound to happen. Well, of course, of course it was. So bonds going into the dumpster. All right. Now, apparently Jack Dorsey says, we love you, Bitcoin. This is Marie Juliet writing for Cointelegraph as of three hours ago. Jack Dorsey, founder of social media giant Twitter, and Bitcoin supporting payments provider Square has said, quote, we love you, Bitcoin. During an earnings call devoted to Square's Q, uh, court, second quarter 2019 results, Dorsey recognized the eye-popping impact that introducing Bitcoin support had on the company's cash app revenue. In his remarks, Dorsey noted that the cash app ecosystem continued to grow, generating $135 million in revenue, excluding Bitcoin. As reported just yesterday, Square's latest shareholder letter has revealed that Cash App had raised 
$135 million in subscription services and transaction-based revenue, and that separately, Bitcoin revenue alone accounted for $125 million. Bitcoin revenue in isolation thus sealed the company's 92% of all that it raised across those, these other revenue sources. Dorsey said, quote, we love you, Bitcoin. We saw 3.5 million customers use cash card in June, typically using it to purchase multiple items per week. Our seller and cash app ecosystems have incredible roadmaps ahead to deliver on our purpose of economic empowerment, end quote. <clears throat> in a tweet posted on August the 1st, investor Kevin Rook noted that Square's $125 million figure for Q2 2019 means that around 7% of all Bitcoin mined in the past three months was acquired via a single app that didn't exist two years ago, adding, let that sink in. I know, I know the feeling, brother. As Cointelegraph has previously reported, Square's, Square first announced in November 2017 that it would release a BTC trading option to select to a select 3 million of its Square Cash app customers. The announcement caused its stock to jump $1 billion in just five days. When the company rolled out support for BTC trading for customers across a more extensive range of U.S. states this February, Square's stock increased yet again. Last November, Square reported it had generated $43 million in Bitcoin revenue for Q3 of 2018, up from $37 million uh, $37 million the preceding quarter. In Square's Q1 of 2019 report in May, the company revealed that it had achieved a new revenue high for Bitcoin sales via Cash App with a stated Bitcoin revenue of $65.5 million, meaning that its latest figures are over twofold higher than the preceding quarter. So this is sort of a geometric expansion, and geometric expansions are, are, are hardcore, man. Hardcore. So there's there's the the twi- the Jack news. Macro factors creating perfect storm to drive up Bitcoin price. Report from again from Marie Juliet. She's doing a lot of writing, lady. Uh, Coin Telegraph as of three hours ago. In a fresh report cited by Forbes on August 1st, the researchers isolate the dovish turn in global central banking policy as the standout factor likely to propel Bitcoin's price skywards. And this is from the research firm Delphi Digital. Quote, First and arguably most important, sentiment from global central banks took a drastic turn towards more dovish monetary policies. The Fed, ECB, BOJ, PBOC, and many others are now preparing market participants for more rate cuts and and additional stimulus measures as they attempt to keep the current economic expansion going. Good luck. Central bankers' consensus around the need for quantitative easing stems a geopolitical landscape shaped by protect protracted trade tensions between the United States and China, disappointing GDP growth in Germany, and the anticipated aftershock of a possible no-deal Brexit. Beyond monetary easing, the increasing risk of fiat fiat currency devaluation represents a longer-term catalyst that is likely to further drive the price of both Bitcoin and physical gold, the report argues, as is often discussed, Bitcoin's scarcity by design and its potential to serve as a store of value in a faltering world economy has earned it the moniker of digital gold, a narrative consolidated in Delphi's new analysis. In a discussion of the two assets, the report argues that the digital gold view is ever more relevant amid, quote, extreme monetary policies and rising geopolitical tensions. 
and that, quote, the relative size of Bitcoin's market value compared to the investable gold market, for example, makes it a tempting opportunity for investors starving for assets with above average growth potential as well. Delphi Digital, in fact, predicts that given its unique non-sovereign properties, the investable Bitcoin market could in future outgrow the current gold market over $7 trillion as of fall 2018. As reported just yesterday, a former top-level executive at Goldman Sachs has similarly predicted that Bitcoin's market cap could hit around $8 trillion in the future. Do the math. Delphi Digital's view of Bitcoin's correlation with macroeconomic factors has been echoed by the likes of Anthony Pompliano, who recently stated that the ECB's expected dovish turn will be rocket fuel for Bitcoin. Also this summer, the head of global fundamental credit strategy at Deutsche Bank remarked that central banks' dovish policies are positively impacting alternative currencies such as Bitcoin while hurting investment banks such as Deutsche Bank because they are, oh, that is a dumpster fire and a half, man. All right, now, uh, okay, this one is from Jack Martin writing for Cointelegraph. This is a couple of hours ago. Over 83% of Bitcoin discussions are positive on Reddit. New study. Reddit? Uh, okay. Technology researchers Comparatech have used machine learning to analyze over 48,000 Reddit posts to determine which cryptocurrencies are viewed most fa- the most favorably. The study also included 7,500 articles from national and international news outlets. Articles were scored based on positive and negative sentiment in relation to other articles included in the study. All right. Talk about cryptocurrency in general started to increase in March 2017 when BTC became more valuable than gold. This grew in volume to peak with Bitcoin price in December 2017, only to fall away again as prices across the board started to tumble. However, the frequency jumped back to those peak levels in November 2018 when cryptocurrency prices were bottoming out. Since then, cryptocurrency discussions on subreddits have surged as prices have gone back up and Libra was announced. It is estimated that 85.5% of conversations on the topic were deemed positive in sentiment. The analysis of media articles painted a different picture, however, with the majority of outlets publishing more negative articles than positive. The most guilty of this were HuffPost, Business Insider, and the International Business Times. Called them right the fuck out, man, sweet. Which posted twice as many negative articles as positive. Only Forbes bucked the trend, with 80% of its cryptocurrency-related pieces having a positive sentiment. Good for you, Forbes. Facebook's Libra currency tops the charts when it comes to positive sentiment on Reddit. An unbelievable 97.7% of discussions were judged to be positive. Cardano, Ether, Litecoin, and Tron also performed well with being 85 to 90% of Reddit conversations being positive. Bitcoin scored an 83.5 positive rating, while even the sometimes controversial Tether was discussed in a positive light twice as much as with negative sentiment. Interesting. All right, so on the heels of that percentage, here's another percentage story. Bitcoin supply is running out as 85% of all coins now mined. And experts say price could soar. This is Harry Petit writing for The Sun. Again, that's The Sun, probably one of the most read newspapers in the UK. Reports show that over 17 million of the digital currency's 21 million coins have been mined and are being traded by crypto fans. As a result, just 3 million Bitcoin remain, CoinMarketCap reports. 
the news-led crypto trading account Rhythm to warn on Twitter, quote, scarcity is about to kick in, end quote. Bitcoin, a virtual currency traded without the use of a bank, can be used to anonymously buy a variety of items. From the right <clears throat> from the right websites or shops, you can buy things like Xbox games and hotel rooms, though the coin is notorious for its use, here it comes, in the trade of illicit goods like drugs. The, stop with the narrative, man. So was so everybody's currency buys drugs, except maybe Zimbabwe. Much of the hype is about getting rich by trading it. Ugh. This is a terrible article, by the way. Previous analyses have suggested that the coin's value could jump as it becomes more scarce over time. Trusted crypto analyst Plan B recently calculated that the coin could 10 times its current worth to around 82,000 pounds per Bitcoin by March 2020. Others are less optimistic and argue that a recent value boom fed by Facebook's announcements that it is creating its own cryptocurrency will taper off by 2020. Uh, Despite crypto fans already having mined 85% of the Bitcoin, the digital currency isn't expected to run dry anytime soon. Like any currency, there are a finite number of coins in order to stop its value from going down the toilet. Like any currency? That's not right, y'all. I'm sorry, but that is incorrect. Whatever. We're not expected to hit the 21 million mark until around 2140, so there is no need to panic just yet. Yes, there is. Mining Bitcoin involves solving difficult math problems using computer processors. Miners are currently paid 12.5 Bitcoin for each block mined. The math problem problems miners needed to solve were simple. Uh, were simpler when the when the currency was born in 29 or 2009 to encourage people to get involved in mining. However, they've gotten progressively harder ever since, now requiring rooms of computers known as Bitcoin farms. Oh, God. (laughs) Bitcoin farms, guys. They're Bitcoin farms to solve each problem. That's why it's possible to hit 85% just 10 years into the coin's lifetime, yet still have over 100 years left until we can mine no more. That won't mean that Bitcoin dies out altogether. It'll just mean people aren't paid to mine it anymore. Instead, the network may have to shift to rewarding miners with transaction fees. Uh, man, that was a that's kind of a hard one to read, y'all. Uh, dude, now there was there was a lot wrong in that, and we're not going to correct it here. Forbes, this is Kyle, our 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 man, our man in the plan, Kyle Torpy, is writing for Forbes. This was as of uh, now. This is an old one, and uh, because this is, I, I picked this up on my Twitter feed as a in case you missed it. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was Vortex that tweeted this out, and I did miss this. In J- on January 23rd, 2019, at 9:05 a.m., Kyle Torpy released this: Bitcoin Lightning Network payments have already surpassed all altcoins at this retailer. For many, the Lightning Network has been viewed as Bitcoin's answer to altcoins focused low tran- uh, to altcoins focused on low transaction fees. It has the potential to provide the best of both worlds to cryptocurrency users in terms of payment functionality and liquidity. There are solid reasons to believe the Lightning Network could completely replace the need for potentially unsecure altcoins that allow for cheap on-chain transactions. And the first signs of this theory becoming a re- reality have been found at the online retailer. Bit refill. 
one of my other favorite Bitcoin companies in the world. BitRefill is a business that allows their customers to buy gift cards, prepaid phone minutes, and other digital goods with cryptocurrency. More recently, they have been helping build the infrastructure around Bitcoin's Lightning Network. In a recent appearance on the Bitcoin News Show, BitRefill's John Carvalho revealed that the Lightning Network now accounts for more payments to BitRefill than any of the altcoins they accept. <laughs> Quote, it's increasing every day almost, responded Carvalho when asked to comment on the amount of Lightning Network payments received by BitRefill. Carvalho added that roughly 4% of their daily sales are now made via the Lightning Network, which is more than any of the altcoins on most days. Quote, it's actually double most of the altcoins, Carvalho added. Uh, of course, on-chain Bitcoin transactions still account for the vast majority of payments received by BitRefill. It should be noted that BitRefill is one of a small handful of online retailers who currently accept Bitcoin payments via the Lightning Network, which means the number of Lightning Network-based transactions may be higher for them than it would be in a situation where acceptance of Lightning Network payments was more ubiquitous. BitRefill has also been working on their own products and services related to the Lightning Network. Earlier this month, the company announced Thor which is a lightning service that opens the lightning channel with BitRefill's well-connected node for a small payment. This enables the user to receive payments on the lightning network. Quote, if someone's looking to receive Bitcoin as tips or other earnings, this is as a this is a quick and easy tool to get started with. BitRefill's node is a highly interconnected in the lightning network, explained BitRefill's announcement blog post about Thor. According to Carvalho, BitRefill is also interested in creating other products and services built around Bitcoin's Lightning Network. We have more plans, said Carvalho. We're trying to figure out more ways to offer people products like this and new ways to access the network in addition to just offering gift cards and mobile refills. We're seeing more people use Thor than we thought we would, he added. Okay, so... Yes, again, remember, that story was all the way back in of the start of this year. You know, we're coming up on, you know, we're in August. We're coming up on September, you know, time's ticking. But I did miss this. Thank you, Vortex, for bringing this to everybody's attention because I I would, I, it, this is worthy of basically being said a couple of more times, in fact. And that's going to do it for Morning Roundup. Got a price pop. Got a price pop. Vital statistics brought to you by bitinfocharts.com and mempool.space. Bitcoin is at an average of 10,555. The high is going to be over at, ooh, that's really close. I'm going to call it at Bitstamp at 10,600. And the low looks like it's going to be over at Simex. Yep. At 10,515. So uh, still pretty tight spread. Ooh, 348,000 transactions were made in the last 24 hours with about 14,500 transacting per hour. 892,000 BTC have been sent over the last 24 hours. That's pretty low, man. That's pretty low. 37,000 BTC were sent on average per hour at a and 2.56, nope, just changed 2.54 BTC uh is the average transaction value while 0.032 BTC is the median. And that's about 336 bucks, which for whatever reason, I like that number 300. I don't like, I don't know why I just do block times a little low nine minutes and 21 seconds, which is odd. We've lost 
11% of the hash rate uh, in the last 24 hours, but we're still at 67.7 exahashes per second. Last GitHub commit was sometime yesterday. Ethereum is at 220, Litecoin is at 97, Bcash is at 330, BSV is at 152. Ethereum Classic is at 5.94, and Dogecoin is at 0.0029 United States dollars. And the only thing that Dogecoin has beaten out in transactions is Litecoin. <laughs> That's actually a little funny too, by the way. Uh, okay, now mempool space. Um, let's see. Our mempool looks like it has 2,800 or so unconfirmed transactions that are supposed to be coming over the next five blocks. Um, we have consistently, except one of the upcoming blocks is still not full, but other than that, every block is over one megabyte in size. So there you go. And that'll do it for your vital statistics. I'm going to dust the cobwebs off of this song. This is one of the ones that I hadn't listened to it in, you know, in years, but man, you know, when this album, when this album came out, it was on, all the time, either in my car or, you know, at, you know, my house or a friend's house or a friend's cars or whatever. I heard it all the time. Oh my God. It was like, it got, it got kind of got monotonous, but yeah, the reason is, the reason is simple. This is some good tunage out of this, man. So this is from Infectious Grooves. If any of you guys remember that one, I don't think they've done anything for a while. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, let's just roll this one. Yeah. 
I especially like the little touch there at the end. Sounds to me like the cries of the bag holders. All right, Your Daily Train Wrecked is actually brought to you by a couple of people. The first one I'm going to do is going to be coming from Rory Highside. Uh, this is at Rory Highside, R-O-R-Y-H-I-G-H-S-I-D-E. I'm sure you guys recognize Rory. He says, Dear Facebook, can you stop sending me retarded on the blockchain ads? Thanks. Fuck you. Sincerely, fuck you. P.S. Bitcoin, not blockchain. P.P.S. Still, fuck you. What's he talking about? He's got a screenshot from uh, my top Kickstarter projects as sponsored ad. And, you know, Rory, dude, just get off Facebook, man. It's going to make your life so much better, I promise. Okay, it says, this announcement shows a picture of a shoe. It's a white tennis shoe. And it says, the first high-end sneakers certified on the Ethereum blockchain. How cool is that? Well, it's not cool. Because the tag on this shoe is like a leather keychain. And it says, Satoshi underscore studio. No, 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 no. No, uh-uh. No, 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 no. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This was on the Ethereum blockchain, and you're using the name Satoshi. Just freaking stop it. Just stop. Stop. You're full of shit. Please. I now I understand why Rory, you know Rory got so hot under the collar about it. Again, Rory, they're never going to stop doing this shit to you, dude. Just go and get off Facebook, please. Now this next one is coming out of cryptic. Cryptic Crooks, uh, K-R-Y-P-T-I-C-R-O-O-K-S on Twitter. Look at the bias from no corners, no coiners in the r slash tax subreddit. We're all desperate now. Oh boy. So was he, so he's given a link to this uh, tax subreddit. It says, Bitcoin owners are extremely desperate over IRS tax letters and they have to pay tens of thousands USD in 30 days. And of course, they're talking. They're talking about the uh, letters that the IRS sent out. We and I, I covered that either Monday or or Wednesday. I can't remember, but it's like really. So we all owe tens of thousands of dollars. Like no, dude, only under special circumstances. But it gets worse because some of the replies, like, like this one, mind blown. The crypto users don't have this basic level of tax knowledge. Oh, God, you'd be surprised how many people don't have a basic understanding of how the tax system works. Typically, crypto is not currency and the IRS does not recognize it as such. Excellent, relatively short article. And then he gives a, the, the, a, thing, uh, a link to it. And it just gets uh, it's just a whole bunch of bullshit. There's one guy in here, one guy who says this is wrong. We know and nobody is desperate. pretty painful. Yeah. They're just, I mean, the whole IRS letter deal, 
just just report your taxes if you if you've sold some bitcoin then you're going to have a capital gains tax if you've held those bitcoins over i think in the united states you got to hold something over 2 years before it converts from revenue to capital gains pretty sure it's 2 years but just dude if you sold report it it's not like you're oh you sold $100 worth of cryptocurrency so now you owe us $10,000 no dude that that's not the way this shit works you owe a proportion to the IRS of whatever, you know, of some percentage of whatever it is you gained. It's not all that hard, people. So no coiners being desperate over there on the tax subreddit. And, oh, man, dude, we just gained like 70 bucks on the Bitcoin price since I did vitals. It's going to be an interesting weekend. All right, that's going to do it for your smoldering pile. Terrible joke corner is a pretty bad one. It turns out a major news study recently found that humans eat more bananas than monkeys. I can't remember the last time I ate a monkey. Yeah, I'm just going to end the show with that one, man. (laughs) I'm not even going to talk about why that's a bad joke. It should be very clear. Uh, All right, so it's Friday. Uh, If you're going to go boating... Please leave your hardware wallet at home. We all know that Bitcoiners cannot boat to save our lives. And it's just better if if we just don't have anything to do with our private keys. Also, if you're going to be drinking this weekend, you know, be responsible. Um, And really, man, that's it. I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.